What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Spring Hills Podcast. Today, we're going to be doing a one-on-one interview with one of our Spring Hill staff members. And our guest today is Gerilyn Valentine, one of our worship pastors and also our small groups director. Now, I'm really excited about this because Gerilyn and I work together often in the music ministry, so I've gotten to know her really well. But this interview is fascinating to me. I learned so much about her, her story, her upbringing, her testimony, why she got into ministry, just all these different things that I just had no clue about. So I'm super excited about this interview. I'm also really excited because I get to pick the theme song for each one of these interviews. And Gerilyn, she's on pins and needles. She can't wait to find out what I'm going to pick. So let's get to this interview with Gerilyn. And Gerilyn, I hope you enjoy your theme song. All right, we're um, doing another one-on-one interview. I threw this on uh, this particular staff person right now. I literally just said, <laughs> hey, I'm going to have you stick around. Um, we just did a small group thing. So now you can, <laughs> if you heard the small group podcast, you know that our guest today is Gerilyn Valentine. Now, Gerilyn is both the small groups director and she's also the co-worship pastor. I don't know. How, none of <laughs> us know what our official titles are here. We all do a bunch of things, but Gerilyn and I both lead worship and um, are on stage. So you have seen us on stage if you attend or watch online. And Gerilyn, you have the red hair, right? We That's can tell the, people I'm that. the redhead. Uh, the, red, the redhead on <laughs> if stage. If they can't so, tell the difference between uh, us, just look for the yeah, hair just, color. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. That's how you tell I the difference. I don't know if that's super offensive to me or you. I'm not sure how we... <laughs> or I have tattoos. That's the other way you can tell. So red hair <laughs> is Gerilyn. Tattoos is Garrett. Don't um, go by gender. Just go by hair yeah, color just or Garrett tattoos. And, Garrett and Gerilyn are um, tattoos and red hair. So what we're going to do today, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about Sherilyn and I'm going to do my very best to not talk about myself, but we're going to talk about Gerilyn, find out more about her, where she came from. Now, this is the first person that's going to be part of these one-on-one interviews where you're not born and raised in California. That's the rest right. of us so far have been California raised kids, mostly in this area. Interesting. John Knapp and I are actually from the same area down in the Central Valley, which um, brings me to my next point. I will pick out a theme song for you. Absolutely. Now, I have chosen, I'm very excited about this because this has become a thing. I get to know. Well, and I haven't chosen one for you yet. Oh, tracking, tracking. So what I'll do is I'll listen when I edit the podcast, I'll listen and I'll go, what's going to fit this? Because basically what's happened is Erica, I ended up using like a um, like movie trailer, epic music. Yes. Um, Brett was like a hard rock song. Garrett yes. Ward, I just for some reason decided hip hop was the way to go. Feels right. John Knapp, because we're both from cow towns, I used a country song, just things yes. like that, right? So I'll listen to your story a little bit and I'll Sounds be like, great. okay, you know what? This is going to fit Jer. I would so like, yeah, you don't get a say in it. No, I want the the. Nope, uh, you don't get a say. No, in it. I want the theme song that Kronk <laughs> makes for himself in the first oh, new group. Yeah, the theme song would just be Jerry going. Oh, he's making his own theme. Song. I will also apologize in advance. Gerilyn and I spent a lot of time together. We do, and so there might be. We'll try to stay away from inside jokes. I'm so we'll sorry. Give that, we'll give that a uh, uh, give that a shot, just in case people aren't real sure if they've seen you on stage. How else might they know you here on campus? Ooh, wow. Uh, let's see. I like to wear flowy, flowery oh. clothes. <laughs> Not quite what I mean, but yeah. Sure. I was like, I don't know. I'm no, no, no. I mean, like, what are the roles? You're the small groups director yes, also. Right. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. So I, I uh, worship. <laughs> I lead worship on the weekends with you. Yeah. And then I also am the small groups director. And basically what that means is that I'm doing my best to equip our small group leaders right. to really care for our church family <laughs> that's a good answer with flowy shirts apparently <laughs> great I, was like, um, I don't know people tell me they're like my yeah. flower shirts <laughs> so Gerilyn where are you from you are not a California raised kid so right. um, give us a little bit of a background where you're from and don't go too deep into what brought you to California yet sure. stick with the childhood um, yeah we're <laughs> Montana right <laughs> yes so yeah uh, well, tell us about Montana I have dual citizenship. I was born in Canada, so I have a Canadian birth certificate, which I'm pretty sure makes me a Canadian citizen. I might be wrong. Anyways, and then I'm uh, American did you citizen li- Did also. you live in Canada, or was that just where you were born? I was born there, and we moved to Montana when I was five years old. I don't think I... I think I knew you were born in Canada. I don't think I knew you were there for five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What took you guys to Montana? Uh, really cool. My dad, uh, he pla- he planted a church in, in Canada, and, um, and then our church that we ended up spending, I mean, it's still our home church in Montana, but my dad pastored there for another like 27 years. So when I was five, we moved and he, um, 
became a pastor at the church where we stayed and I grew up and it was just a wonderful church family, but that's what brought us to, to Montana. When you were five. Correct. And mm-hmm. now you have two younger siblings, correct? I do. Yes. Sisters. Yep. Mm-hmm. What is the age difference there? Uh, let's see. Victoria is three years younger than me. So I'm 31. She's whatever that would be. And then Olivia. Math is hard. <laughs> math is hard for me. Olivia is seven years younger than me. So okay, do ma- you guys can do the math if you care. I was more just like, so you were seven when your youngest sibling was born. Is Correct. That, that, That's okay. right. That's, That's where right. we're at now. What, uh, what were you, what kind of kid were you? Were you the mm. troublemaker? Were you the, um, I would venture to guess that you were a little more reserved in your <laughs> troublemaking schemes, right? Or were you a troublemaker? Well, I mean, this would speak to the pride that you could see as an adult in me, but I really wanted to be good. Like I wanted to perform and rise to the challenge and stuff. So any ways that my parents, you know, taught me, this is what a good girl would do. I, I did that. And it wasn't oh, necessarily okay. that I was just a really good girl. I just really wanted to like kill the game and the and morality be, and performance the department. Child. Yes. Yes. Great. I learned to be a black sheep later, but no. Just were you and your siblings close? I mean, seven years apart, but were you close? Were you, were you friendship wise? Yes. Yeah, I think, yeah. um, Victoria and I, my middle sister, we definitely have a friendship. And then Olivia and I have a friendship today. Day, but um, probably when it's Olivia, a big gap when you're it's, younger. it's a bigger gap. So I had more. I think she would. I mean, you're say more of a like kindergarten, right? Right, exactly. But now we have now we have a, a very good friendship. So. Yeah, and she just got married, right? That was she what did. You yeah, that's right. For, or mm-hmm. recently, that's right. Uh, that's cool. So you got to go back up to Montana. Tell me about your parents a little bit. Your yes. I met your I met your parents, and I'm so bad with Jeff. Right? Jeff oh my goodness, you that's not bad. You Marilee. Marilee, that's right. Yes, okay, See, yes. I'm sorry, Marilee. No, if you listen to this. I do apologize, Jeff and. Merrily. Okay. So tell us about your parents a little bit. They planted a church. They did. Yes. My, um, they met in college at a college called, uh, Crown University in, in, uh, Canada? At, in uh, Minnesota, St. Paul. Oh, Bible, are they, okay. Bible college. So are they not, are they not Canadian? Uh, my dad is, my mom, um, grew up in Montana, like an hour away from where I ended up growing up, okay. but she and my dad both went to away to school, uh, in Minnesota and that's where they met each other. And okay and everything interesting yeah um yeah and they're they're wonderful I've been blessed I think with you know wonderful wonderful parents and so uh they yeah they went to plant a church in Canada and really delighted in that I'm sure it came with I can only imagine a lot of challenges too and then um moved to Montana and my mom um she really I I would say they they pastored the church together you know my dad my dad was definitely the leader of our church but she um she just had such cool her her dad my grandpa was a really cool innovator with like evangelistic strategies and things like that and my mom inherited that from him and brought it to the table in our church in Montana oh, cool. so that's cool yeah and when he moved when you guys moved to Montana what was his role at the church that he ended up at uh, my dad yeah uh, he was senior pastor there so okay. he planted the church in Canada and then he took on the the uh, in our denomination we called it senior pastor I think. Um, what was the denomination? Uh, Christian and Missionary Alliance. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Right so. on. My dad, so this is interesting because Brett, obviously we know that Brett planted this church. Yes. Um, back in the early 90s. Uh, my dad and I planted a church together. Right. Now my dad, it was I was an adult at this point. I had already been in ministry for five or six years at this point when we planted church. Um, but there's a lot of church planting roots here, which is yeah, cool. It yeah. is. It is actually something that I don't think I knew too many people that had planted churches right. when I grew up because I was at a church that had been around since the early 1900s. That right. was what my dad, he was at that church for, I think, 20 years almost. Wow, that's um, cool. And so we planted a church together. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine doing that with um, with young kids. Uh, so oh, Maverick, yeah. when we planted the church, Maverick was not born. Okay. Um, and so he was actually born a couple years after we planted the church, which sure. we were already kind of established and had our, you know, Feet, we were, we hit the ground running, obviously, yeah, but then yeah, once yeah. you get your feet under you, you're like, okay, we know what we're doing. So it was a little right. bit like uh, a little bit easier. But it, it was interesting to hear that your dad planted a church yep. when you were young. Um, yep. So what was the experience? Before I was born, actually. I think I was born into that church probably maybe after they were there for not all that long. But, oh, okay, cool. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then your memories are probably more of the church he became senior pastor at. Uh, correct, yes, okay, in cool. Montana, right. Mm-hmm. Right on. Okay, so let's talk about a little bit of your, um, maybe your relationship with Christ growing up. So you, yeah. you grew up in church. Now, we've had, uh, there's a variety of different testimonies we've heard from staff members of, um, you know, not being a Christian growing up, never even being in church. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Brett has the story he shared numerous times about hearing a band at lunchtime at school, and right. that was his 
kind of introduction to it. Right. Um, and then even him becoming a Christian and not knowing that you were supposed to attend church again, you know, just things <laughs> like that. You grew up in church. What was your relationship with Christ like? When did you become a Christian? Yeah, you know, I think my parents killed the game in exposing me to um, who God is and uh, just to value the Bible and to really help me believe that I could have a relationship with him at a very young age. Um, my mom, uh, she, when uh, I was three years old at the time, actually not quite three, um, when my sister was born. And about two weeks after my sister was born, my mom was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. Okay, wow. And they actually told her she had like a 2% chance of living type of thing that, you know, she should just pray that she could see her newborn baby, you know, turn like two years old wow. type of thing. So, um, so that was really uh, traumatic for my mom. And I don't remember all that much about it, but I do very vaguely remember, um, being comforted by God during that time. And they, that my, my grandpa had a story that he loved telling where I, um, called Jesus on my telephone, my little Fisher's price telephone. And he told me my mom was going to be okay. And I, I was comforted by that. And, um, but I, that's part of what, when in my early years as a vocational minister, when I was out of college and I was a children's director, a children's pastor. And so, um, a lot of the reason that I had such a passion for that was that I experienced, uh, really genuine relationship with God at a, at a young age, not because I'm awesome or anything, but because I had people who taught me. You that are that was, awesome. <laughs> Don't say that. Thanks. Garrett. <laughs> but I had people who taught me that that was possible. So okay. I was really passionate about equipping other people to teach kids that you can have a relationship with God. You don't just have to believe things about him. You can actually know him. Yeah, interesting. Cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you had um, growing up in church and stuff. Tell me a little bit about junior high and high school. I loved, you know, I was um, our, my youth pastor who uh, became my youth pastor when I was in junior high. Um, his name was John O'Dell. And he, um, I think, was one of the most significant, wonderful gifts that God gave me because um, he had such a passion for uh, teaching God's word. I even remember moments where he would be, you know, teaching a room of like 20, 25 junior oh, okay. hires or high schoolers, and he would be moved to tears about the things that he was talking about. And um, that really, I really looked up to him. I thought he was really cool. And um, Are it, you still in touch with him? A little bit. Okay. I might, now that I'm talking about him, I should send him oh, this yeah, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but he... Yeah, he really cast phenomenal vision for me that uh, the that that God's word is such a wonderful gift that we have. So I started reading the Bible on my own when I was when I was in junior high, and then I just really loved youth group. And he he was a really cool youth leader in that he gave you know multiple opportunities throughout the week to not only come to youth group but also to serve. So a lot of my you know junior high high school extracurricular activities were. Uh, cool ministry opportunities that my youth pastor provided us with. But then I also loved um, music and theater. I got to be Eponine and Les Mis in high oh, school. Wow. And like, cool. that was really fun. But um, I was a theater kid too. Yes, of course. You, that makes so much sense. I love it. Well, yeah, you, I remember you telling me some cool roles that you've had too. Oh yeah. I've, I had a lot of fun in it and um, we'll talk about that at another time. <laughs> I, love I, it. I told Geraldine that I needed to make sure that I didn't share too many of my own stories because <laughs> this is about Jer, not about Garrett. Um, yeah. That's really cool that you were in theater and stuff too. So th that was obviously, that's a hobby of yours then. Yes. Was singing, were you in choir? Did you uh, just say that? Yeah, I was. I felt really special in junior high. They make kids pick between band and choir, but they let me go to both. So I got oh, to kind of cool. like bounce between between the two of what them. What was your instrument? Uh, flute. Oh, a flute you're a flautist. Player. A flautist. A flautist. Yes. What a weird word, but yes, that's what it is. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. My mom. My mom's a flautist. Um, I love she played it. the flute. She was good. and and the piano. I love um, it. Yeah, that's me cool. too. I loved piano. My I took like nine <laughs> years of piano. This lessons. is so funny because you, Patricia, and Andrea. You all play the piano, <laughs> but never on stage. <laughs> and I I literally did not know that you guys all played the piano. You so, didn't. That's no, funny. I had no clue. I just found out that Patricia plays the piano like a month ago when that we did the That doesn't surprise me, but it does podcasts. too. Yeah. <laughs> and then Andrea used to say she doesn't play an instrument. And then when I would text her about a song or something, she'd mm -hmm. send me an audio recording of her singing the song. And she's playing the piano. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, you play the piano? And she's like, well, I'm not any good at it. I'm like, yes, you are. I'm listening to you play it right now. That's funny. Um, so I've never heard you play the piano. Are you good at it? I mean. Nine years. Oh, I'm decent. I, do, I don't know that I would ever be very good at it in a worship context. It's been it's a while. it's so hard for me to multitask. Well, I like, I mean, if I have, I don't really have 
that much access to a piano right now, but when I was in Montana recently, we had a There's a piano, a piano five feet away from you. Right I, mean, <laughs> I mean, like in my part, like it's a way that I <laughs> no, relax. I, <laughs> I like, to, like some people watch Netflix. I like to sit down at the piano and just like piano play and random stuff. Yeah. yeah that's piano cool. and chill. Piano and chill. <laughs> so in high school, what about friends? Were you, uh, yeah. were you a social butterfly? Were you kind of a, I mean, some people are like, no, I was kind of a loner. I just right. was fine being by myself. What were you like? I have been described as an outgoing introvert, so I really like to be by myself, but when I'm with people, I like to interact with them. You know, I don't just kind of like sit off. If there's a room full of people, I want to be with the people. Yeah. Um, so at school and then when I got invited to stuff, um, youth group and stuff, I had, yeah, lots of friends and really loved it. You were it. social. I was social, but I didn't, I would never have been the person to like say, hey, I'm just by my home, myself at home right now. Do you want to go to a movie or something like that? I would just be home like reading or playing piano or whatever. <laughs> if I got the chance to be alone, I would. So that, that made it a little different. I feel like I didn't have as deep relationships as some of my friends did with each so other. So do you feel like with, so this is, you, you were the first one to say, maybe it was Kiki that told me this, an, an extroverted introvert, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah or an yeah. outgoing introvert. Yeah, yeah. And it made me actually go, oh, this is making more sense now because I'm an introverted extrovert. Um, oh, interesting. In, okay. In the sense that I can I can go to the movies by myself. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. I can. Sit. I call you an ambivert. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I can be an introvert, but I miss people. Like yeah. I need to be around people. I love yeah. being around people. My so like being around people does not drain me whatsoever. I like being around people. I have fun being around people. I like doing things like this and talking to people. Right. What versus like you know Caitlin, if she's around people for a long period of time. She needs the isolated time to kind of recharge, right? So, well, what about you? Yeah, I tell I tell myself I have a, like a four hour limit. Most not in that like I hate people once it hits four hours, but if I start to feel really um, tired, that's usually when I start to say like meaner things to myself, like why can't you just you know do things well, um, or why <laughs> <laughs> or like why you know or why if can't I'm you just be good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like if I'm, you know, say something mean to a friend or whatever, I, I usually I realize it's like, oh, it's because I haven't recharged by myself Interesting, yet. Okay. So I, if I, I do the math in my head, I'm like, well, if I've been with people four plus hours and or in like a trip, you know, where you or like a missions trip, they I, I know that I'm supposed to like absolutely love those. But I've had a couple that I just hated, not because of what we did, but because there's literally not a single opportunity to be alone yeah. so it's just like oh, i'm gonna i can't do this anymore i'm gonna do you cry. ever feel rude like needing alone time i struggle um, with that i learned like, I, I think feel i've selfish. come a long way yeah i i used to i used to see it as selfishness but i have also noticed that when i'm with people i'm pretty all in like oh, i can good. be um i think it's made me a little bit of a better listener and stuff so and i probably would be less like drained in a social environment if i wasn't as so all in type of thing so i just see it as like yeah, I'm human and I'm not Jesus and I have to refuel. And even Jesus had to refuel. So he Hashtag said that, you know, he Jesus. set that example. Hashtag I'm not Jesus. We should make shirts. That'd be a good one. <laughs> so I'm get you didn't play sports, did you? I didn't. I would, I would have, I think I would have loved dancing. Oh, cool. I, I love it now, but I'm not good at it. But like, I, I didn't do any sports. I took ballet. <laughs> oh, did you yes, really? Yes, this is something that, that so makes um, sense. Uh, well, not because like I went, Hey mom, dad, I want to take ballet. No, um, it was a part of a basketball team I was on. Oh, that's cool. Uh, it was kind of this Makes big you a better thing. athlete, yeah. Oh, yeah, the agility Absolutely. and the, the balance and coordination. This is not an inside joke, but kind of is. <laughs> but I once asked if you were a legit ninja. A ninja. So now I'm going to be like, are you a legit ballerina? Yeah, it's be a, thing. a legit ballerina and a ninja. That's what I am. Were there <laughs> any other hobbies that you had in high school? So you did, you know, you had theater that you talked about. Um, obviously, we know that you were uh, musical. I, I did Sounds love- like mission strips were also something you were- involved in? Yep. I, d I did. I got the chance to go to Brazil actually twice. Oh, I cool. Feel a spoiled person. I got to go and just Brazil. loved it. Oh my word. That's cool. And I acquired, uh, the nickname Sop, Sapio, I think is how you say it. Sapo, which is like little toad, which is oh, uh, not all that flattering, but <laughs> I can explain why. And it's, it's not insulting, but, but after that, the little toad, it like frogs became, you a shouldn't have told me that. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> 
frogs became a symbol of just like my love for Brazil. Oh, but okay. then it literally, people didn't know like, oh, Geraldine's a Christian or Geraldine has red hair or anything. It would be like, oh, Geraldine's the crazy girl that loves frogs. Like that, that was the thing that everyone in my high school, I had didn't have a huge class by like two, two, three hundred people, but it was like public they, school. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're like, yeah, Jairus loves frogs. I drew frogs on all my papers when I was doodling. And stuff. Did you ever have anything that came up and you're like, how did this become a thing? Uh, yeah, Do you get well, what I'm saying by that? Like, oh, Jara loves frogs. You're like, why? how did that spread, you know, or whatever? Like, people Oh, how just did think- people all find out? I think it's because I would react to anything that was frogs. Like, oh, okay. oh my word! Because okay. I love their eyes. Their eyes are so cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's the guy in um, that show that loves frogs. Oh, did I don't you watch know that. It? No, Oh, you would awesome. think it's hilarious. He's not in it very much. There's a couple scenes. You could probably just <laughs> even look it up, say, you know, frog man or whatever. And there's just one scene where he... Gives him, I forget what it is. It's like a cup and it's got a picture of a frog on it. Yes. He, he's like, that's a frog. <laughs> that guy, he's a jumper for sure. You know, like you can tell. And he's just super excited about frogs. I you guarantee really relate to him. anyone who has known me longer than five minutes, not anymore, but back then, if they see that episode, they will think of me. Oh. They'll be like, this makes me think of Geraldine. <laughs> so you never have gotten any text messages about it? Uh, no, apparently. So maybe I'm overthinking, but. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Okay, so let's move to college then. So you, okay. um, we are mortal enemies because you are a biola that's right student and, and you, i was azusa um, which was silly. now my brother was a bio biolan is that what you guys go by biolans Biolian? or do you just go by um evil um oh, i'm just kidding wow <laughs> no by <laughs> we have a bubble so i don't know <laughs> we're the so bubble lights <laughs> the bubble lights is that what is that <laughs> i don't know i just made it up oh okay so yeah biola what took you to biola from all the way from montana uh let's see so i actually originally when i graduated high school i went for a year to seattle pacific university in that seattle, is a that is an Azusa which pacific is your sister, sister school exactly a sister school so i'm kind of like we're kind of on the same side but i ended up transferring to biola for it's kind of a long story why but um I, it was a really great decision i was yeah. just thinking um you know the incredible man that I'm dating. I was thinking about how, wow, if I had known back then, we're going to get to that and how much credit I get for that. By the way. <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> but yes, I was like, man, that little decision that I, you know, agonized over, but it really, it's a big like yeah, changing yeah, yeah. thing. So, Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. So what was, what about Biola was it that made you want to go there? Well, I came, uh, down from Montana to check out schools, you mm. know, like the senior, that's what I did when I was a senior in high school is checked out which school I wanted to go to. And I wanted to check out Westmont and Biola. And I was sure that I would love Westmont the most because in the, all the pictures, it looked like enchanting and there's like little bridges and forest setting. I loved it. Point Loma and Westmont both have really cool campuses. Oh my word. Absolutely. I mean, you're talking about absolutely. Santa Barbara and, yes. and San Diego. I mean, Point Lomas was, I went, I actually stayed a few nights there for a basketball and really? I was blown away at that campus. So, oh cool. my word, it's so beautiful. But, but yeah, I went, I went to the two and I actually just really loved Biola and there was some sort of intangible thing that just made me really feel like that was where I should go. Yeah. And it just turned out that, um, the financial aid package, what didn't feel like a responsible decision to go there. And then, um, Seattle Pacific had given me a, a really generous financial aid package, but my mom, I will credit her with just her tenacity and her just desire to, um, help her kids accomplish their dreams. But she really wrestled with the fact that whole year that I was at Seattle Pacific, that I wasn't at my dream school. she wanted to she wanted to help me um be where I really wanted to be and um she she (laughs) prompted me to apply for a scholarship at Biola that was for underrepresented ethnicities oh my goodness and and I was like I can't apply to that mom I'm I'm not an underrepresented uh, ethnicity and she was like no I well, I mean, I don't I don't want to get into anything too dicey, but my mom was like, "No, I talked to the I talked to the person who like chooses these scholarships and I made it very clear that you are a Caucasian female like um so but she she said that the the program and the scholarship is for people who really appreciate diversity and oh, who cool. are committed to um like sort of being a champion for uh, celebrating diversity at the school. So I wrote an essay and they really liked it and I got that scholarship and it's what made it possible for That's me to That's a go. really, both a really cool scholarship and really cool that you got yeah, that. that yeah. I never have heard of that. That's really cool. It's really funny to me because the Azusa Biola rivalry is what made me want to go to Azusa. No way. I used to uh, trash talk 
Azusa jokingly, but I grew so much respect for them because did you hear about the spoon prank that oh they my played gosh. on yes. Viola? Yes. I just thought that to just for anyone, if you end up including this or anyone who's listening, there was There's some good ones. Viola got into the newspapers because there was someone wrote an article about the fact that students were stealing, stealing all the spoons stuff. This was, from this, the cafeteria. This was my year. That was my, your year? Yeah, or one of the years I was there. Sure, but I was, sure, sure. I, I remember being at the basketball games where they held up where all the they signs. Held, yeah. Were you there? I love that. I don't know if I was there or not. I just heard that Azusa, we were playing Azusa, and I think it was on our campus at Viola. Yeah, And it they was. all brought plastic spoons. Yes, yes. I, w- I had I a plastic spoon. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> yes. No, I was like, was, oh, man, my hat's off to you, Azusa. You guys are awesome. Let's get back to um, some other things, though, with college. So you have always been fascinated by what you studied. So yeah. you have... Um, uh, not you have a, yeah, as in it's fascinating. But you have a couple <laughs> degrees, right? I do. So I, yeah, what are they, and, and what made you go to those degrees? Uh, I um, majored in biochemistry, and then my minor was Bible, and then I had an additional minor in philosophy. And if I could go back, I would have chosen to major in philosophy or at least double major in it because I absolutely loved it. But I didn't find out that I loved philosophy until my second semester, my junior year. So, so I just threw on a – I actually stayed an additional semester to f- complete that minor um, just because I was so passionate about and learning. And so is learning. your master's degree in – so my master's degree is in uh, philosophy. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so that that was, and I got both of those uh, degrees from Biola. Uh, my master's degree was from Talbot Seminary, which is the sort of like partner with Biola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was the reason that you uh, ended up, well, I shouldn't say reason, ministry, was that a goal of yours? Or did you end up in ministry kind of by chance that you were like, okay, now God's calling me into this after you had your um, education? Well, my dad, you know, I talked about how he uh, led the church that I grew up in for over 20 years. And he had a really incredible story where God just made it undeniably clear to him that that was where he was calling him to be and to pastor. And as a, you know, junior, senior in high school, I really wanted God to do that for me. I wanted him to tell me exactly what he wanted me to I think I didn't really make it clear I'm like what he wanted me to do but I think what I really wanted is to know like what school should I go to sure. and what yeah. should I major in and I wanted him not to necessarily make it, what you should do in ministry right well I think that's how I said it but it's like what I wanted was what should I do next but yeah. um but I was waiting for some sort of like writing on the wall moment to tell me exactly what to do where to go and it was really discouraging for me because I was kind of holding out for that and it didn't happen it kind of shook my like maybe God, maybe I'm not special enough to God to get a specific calling type of thing. Um, and my, my theology of, uh, of what it means to be called and how calling works has changed quite a bit since then. Um, but I, I was really, really admired my grandpa, um, my mom's dad, and that he was a pharmacist in his, uh, smaller town in, uh, Ronan, Montana. Um, but he, he was just a really incredible, uh, champion for the gospel in his town. And he used his, uh, his role as a pharmacist and as a healthcare provider to do that really well. And so I dreamed of doing the same thing. So I originally, I went to Seattle Pacific thinking I was going to go into pharmacy and then I sort of like dwindled towards, um, I wanted to maybe do medicine and I thought of being a pediatrician again, cause I just love uh, kids and things like that. So is that where the biochemistry stuff came in? So that's the, where the I did that. that kind of it, was, it was sort of cause pre-medicine you can pretty much major in whatever you want. You just have to get a good MCAT score, but if yeah, you, yeah. you, the, the science degrees give you the best chance at a right. good MCAT score. Well, did school come easy to you? School has always been really, really easy to me. And I get frustrated with that for other people because I think that just the way that school is structured fits my learning personality so well. So I have this like huge advantage that doesn't necessarily reflect my intelligence advantages. It's just that it just works really well for my personality. But I think of, I have uh, friends that, you know, would get worse grades or uh, just felt like there were lots of topics that they didn't really understand. And I would be like, no, 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 don't write it off. It's just, it's not that you don't have the intelligence to understand the topic. It's that the way that school is structured in the Western world is just doesn't fit your learning personality. So yeah. that was a long answer to your question. No, that's <laughs> yeah, school a, that's was a, easy for me. <laughs> that's what I'm asking because it's not necessarily, I mean, my brother is, um, my brother's brilliant. He's very mm. smart, but school came so easy for him. Like, sure. and for me, it was just like, it was tedious and it wasn't, it was, it was always like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go to class. I hate sitting still for that long. You can even see me sitting here. I'm like moving around and wiggling and it's just kind of like sitting there listening to somebody for an hour just was torture for me. Right. Um, so yeah, that's why I ask if school was, 
was easy for you. I don't mean like it was a piece of cake, but like you enjoyed it. You enjoyed yeah. learning. You enjoyed the work usually, and that kind of thing. I usually don't volunteer this because it always sounds like bragging, but I skipped three years of math in high school. Mm. So I ended up going to uh, our state university to get my calculus to like the sem- while you were second in high semester while I was in high school. Oh, wow. But I, the only reason I say this is because... And you couldn't subtract three from 31 I know. earlier. I, know. <laughs> I need a calculator now. But I... Um, the first semester of high school, I went for that as a senior, but then I just didn't tell them that I didn't sign up for another math class. Oh. So I had like half the day of high school that I just always could skip and do yes. whatever I want just because I never told you the school the that system. I wasn't. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I did too. I did the same I was going, thing. Did you do the same thing? I think a lot of people do, so I don't feel all that good. We had like this, this ability because we were on a block schedule. Oh, so yeah, 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 it was exactly. like, it was just every other day you had different classes. So one day you had first period and the next day you started on fifth period, right? Right, right. And so basically what I did was I worked it out to where it was like I was, uh, I forget exactly what it was, but I had my my um, free period yeah. was fifth period, I think. Yeah. And then what I did for first period was I was the teacher's aide for a teacher that had a free period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did so that like, too. So like I didn't too. have to do any. So I literally didn't have to show up to school until 945 sure, every sure. day of my senior year. Sure, and it was sure. amazing. I it loved it. It got me ready for college. It was perfect. I love um, it. Yeah. Do you, have, uh, do you have any ministry goals beyond the ministries you're currently involved in? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Uh, right? I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I would love, I would love to write and publish something like a book um yes not necessarily because i feel like i have thoughts that the world needs to hear but um i've been so inspired by c.s lewis and the ways that he used uh fiction to uh teach kids about theology and about god but then also adults like his great divorce his you know screw tape letters just screw tape letters was one of those books that blew my mind it's amazing it's so cool it's so and it's such a gift and he you know i think battered up his soul to write it type of thing so i would love you know someday to to dip my toes into trying to write and see if it could go anywhere i know it's kind of a tough i think it's so cool to also um think about how c.s lewis i think him and J.R. tolkien um yeah the, they met in like a writing group yes and they became buddies and i think it it's one i think it's c.s lewis convinced J.R. tolkien to finish the story of lord of the rings oh that's funny uh, I or wouldn't it be might surprised. be the other way around with narnia i think it's that way but it could be the other way around with narnia I'm, i forget but one of my favorite authors uh was a huge inspiration to both tolkien and c.s lewis and they both i think at different stages in talking to people credited this author as who inspired them to write for kids with theology who was that? things and the author's name is george mcdonald so if anyone wants a book recommendation read uh the princess and the goblin <laughs> which oh, is I, by Ka- george mcdonald Caitlin has that book oh my word read it to your sure kids read it to yourself like a million times it's so so good cool so. princess and the goblin by george mcdonald that's right i'm going to talk about ministry now do you think being in ministry is something that uh you find uh challenging as far as like when you go through hard hard things in your life like trials mm. um to continue on in ministry i guess that's where mm. i'm getting with that question interesting like, do you feel pressure on how you're dealing with something you're going through? That's a great question. I think, I don't know that I have a very clear answer to that. I would say that um, I've grown, I mean, I grew up in sort of a spotlight already because my dad was the pastor of a church of, you know, I think that uh, at one point in time it was like 800 people, which is quite a few people for a Montana oh, sure. uh, church. So I tell people that I had, it sounds again, really arrogant, but I had like a pseudo That's mini. the theme of this podcast. I'm is, very no, arrogant. I'm <laughs> but Sherilyn I, is not arrogant, by the way. <laughs> if anybody ever thinks that, she's not. Oh, I just want everyone to know how much I'm not hiding it. It's on the table. But um, I, I, tell, I try to explain to people I had like a pseudo celebrity lifestyle, like where, where it's like, there are just quite a few people who are very invested in your story and that there were some downsides to that, but I would actually argue that they were mostly upsides, like profoundly just wonderful, very uh, mature Christian people pouring into me at a young age as I grew up sort of in the spotlight. So I would say that in terms of like spotlight now today, it's always been kind of my normal to uh-huh. be to be in the spotlight. And so and to have people sort of invested in my story. I, I was annoyed in high school when I felt like people had an opinion of whether or not I should be dating so and so type of thing. Yeah. Um, but but if on the whole, it was a gift. And I would say the same thing applies for me now where there are some uh, pressures associated for me now where when I'm going through a hard time, um, being in vocational ministries has some unique challenges that are 
uh, frustrating to me, but for the most part, I would say the upsides of being a vocational minister when I'm going through something way outweigh everything else, because I do have a, I mean, there are tons of people here in our church that are praying fervently for my dad, you know, who's in Montana. And I, and I think that that is just, and people asking me about that all the time and saying they're praying, that's a huge encouragement to me. Um, and then I get to feel uh, known by a large community of believers, by our church family, in a way that I feel a little bit, you know, like, oh man, I wish that it couldn't, it wasn't so one-sided with a lot of people because a lot of people get to see my heart and my passion on a weekly basis. And, and a lot of what I'm going through in my life always fuels, you know, my worship and my worship leading. And so they get to see sort of raw uh, stuff that I'm going through in the midst of what I love, which is music, you know? So oh, sure, it's yeah. like, I'm spoiled rotten. Cause I get to, I get to basically put that on, you know, display for people. Not that it's about me. I, I know people aren't watching me specifically, but um, as I lead people to worship God, they get to see a part of me that builds sort of a friendship that um, that I just feel I want it to be more often for it to be symmetrical rather yeah. than asymmetrical with our family. Since we're talking about music, there's a guy that plays guitar on our worship team. His name's Connor, and Connor <laughs> has a special relationship with Gerilyn. It's special. Um, now, now uh, so Connor and Gerilyn have been dating now for, what, over a year, right? Yep, we okay. started dating March of last year, 2019. Yeah, and who exactly gets... Th- uh, credit for <laughs> that's funny let's put that this on record so funny well i can say i th- i'm pretty sure connor would give you credit oh okay good that he would say that uh you're prompting to uh to to ask uh, telling him to ask me out uh was, can you get was that a big in deal. writing and give it to <laughs> kiki because kiki thinks it. that she's responsible for it kiki would argue that she is the one who told you to do that so she's the like the most base level <laughs> person who gets like, credit it's kind of like that idea in um in friends with her like whose idea was that and joey's like it was mine and yeah. they're like no, it was my idea. Yeah. And I, I said we should do this. And Joey's like, which was the new idea? Come on. <laughs> I love it. So it's like that kind of thing where Kiki's like, we should set Jer up with somebody. Right. And I'm like, Absolutely. hey, how about Connor? Yeah. And I'll go ahead and text Connor and say, you should ask Jer out <laughs> on a date. And Kiki goes, that was all me? That was all me? Yeah, that you're like, wait, me. it's not fair. Like, hold on. Hold on. Because I it's- actually came out and I, said, I remember walking into the lobby and being like, hey, why have we not told Connor to ask Gerilyn out? <laughs> and so then I actually called Connor. Yes. And said. He remembers that. Yeah. And, yeah. And said, you should that. ask Gerilyn on a date. And I remember Connor's, Connor's reaction was um, words. Uh, uh, and he did that he a few times with this. Well, I could tell he was just <laughs> so like, I he did not know what to say. And he would literally say the word words <laughs> um, and then of course i sent you the text the other night yes that uh, was so between sweet connor that and i that. saying that so I, I, I saved it too which um i don't <laughs> say very many texts so but yeah so tell us about connor a little bit your relationship well uh it's special because connor the very first moment that he ever was exposed to me was he was walking from the parking lot into this building and i was leading worship already so he heard my voice first my singing voice so that was kind of special because he was like oh man like whoever that is <laughs> that, she can sing and this is gonna be cool like this worship is gonna be good because i can already you know hear the word it wasn't just my voice like he could hear the whole Again, the whole band Gerilyn is very arrogant <laughs> <laughs> i'm but, just kidding but we were friends we've been friends for almost a decade now right. so we were friends for a long time and um I, I think he'd be okay with me sharing this but a part a special part of our story is that um back when we were friends he actually prayed you know lord uh if i get married someday could it be somebody who's like Gerilyn? No way. so he didn't he didn't pray th- like for me by name. like i don't want I, he didn't say please let me be married to Gerilyn, but he by name mentioned that uh and he said that this is the only woman that he ever did this with by name but said can she be someone like Gerilyn and listed Good some thing qualities it ended up being you because <laughs> i know <laughs> can you imagine him telling his you wife <laughs> oh yeah i prayed for somebody that was a lot like Gerilyn. Oh, you're like Gerilyn. <laughs> so the last thing i want to do here is there any other things that what's something super interesting about you that maybe people wouldn't guess like something to the point of or to the uh the status of like Garrett did ballet oh like something that just would not be expected um my voicemail used to be lyrics from one of Eminem's songs that I rewrote (laughs) so would you like to perform that for us now (laughs) no I I, don't make me do that just when you called you got 
lyrics to the tune of an Eminem song that were at implying some point, that you well, should you leave a message. Me. Yes. Okay, great. Because that sounds that sounds phenomenal. Uh, that yeah, that sounds wonderfully um, entertaining. Uh, so I wanted yeah. Is there any is there anything else that you feel like people should know about? It doesn't have to be silly. It can be you know whatever no, it is. I mean, well, I, you mentioned earlier. You did mention your dad. People have been praying for your dad. Is yes, there is that okay yes, for me to ask um, for you to share a little bit about that? Absolutely. Yeah. My my dad. Um, when I was nine years old, he had a really like 15 hour long brain surgery to remove a tumor in his brain. Um, and, and he's having some, he, that had very long-term side effects that he has been dealing with for the past 20 plus years. Um, but just last year in, in February, um, he started dealing with some new side effects that have been, um, kind of debilitating type of things. So, um, I've just been, uh, we've been as a family navigating, you know, how, how to ask for help to see what's wrong. And, and we're still kind of not a hundred percent sure what's wrong. And, um, so yeah, so I really appreciate anyone who's listening to just pray for my dad that, um, yeah, that he, I, it hurts to see someone else hurting and, the, and he, we're, our family's so blessed. We've, we've got a lot of good things going on too, but, um, but yeah, it's hard for me to see my dad hurting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you've been able to go back a couple times over the last few months, right. right, and see him. Right. And um, yeah, we we've been praying for him, and I know like there's a lot of people throughout the church praying for him too. Right. Um. I so I want to ask you before we take off. Uh, I want to ask you some just little get to know you questions. <laughs> um. There's nothing crazy in this list, but so far every time I do this, and I shared this with you earlier, nobody seems to like this part, <laughs> and I never have fire. understood that. Like just because I'm, you're like this is my element. This is this. I would love to just go through all this. this is basically just a little survey of who you are. So, um, you talked about your hobbies before. What are your hobbies now? Mm, does fibbage count? Yes, it does <laughs> because fibbage. Um, again, one of my first experiences in Santa Rosa was over at the Winardi House playing fibbage yes. with the crew, and I got to see firsthand Kiki's competitiveness. Yes, because I love she it. wanted to win at fibbage. Absolutely, it was definitely. Um, noticeable so yeah what <laughs> any other hobbies or do you just want to leave it at Fibbage? let's leave it at Fibbage. i think that's the best highlight for right now um you and i have often said the uh said the things you say it more often than i do um i think you say your spirit animal my spirit animal yes. and so and which is what uh i say a couple different people but michael scott i think is the one that okay. i say most yeah. often <laughs> what were the other ones there was one that you said that i was just i cracked up because it was so obscure uh, I can't remember. There's just, I, I have like spirit animal crushes too. Like I wish this was my spirit animal. That's like so if funny. I could be anything like essence wise, I would That's like so funny. that. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, I, there, also, by the way, some of these questions have absolutely no point to them whatsoever. Love it. Favorite movie or TV show? Ooh, um, I really am a sucker for The Office and Friends. I know that's cliche, but that's a big thing. And then favorite movie, I absolutely love. I know people would hate me for this if they're diehard Pride and Prejudice fans, but I love the most recent uh, Kira Knightley uh, version of Pride and Prejudice. For uh, more than the story, for like the cinematography and stuff. Like that? Um, well, I think there's people who are kind of like purists, like even the Emma movie they just redid, people who love the story, the ways the that Jane like, they, stories. right, if they mess with the story a little bit, it gets frustrating. So, but I didn't read the story first. I saw the movie first. Oh, sure. That helped me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when you first arrived around here, because you mentioned Friends was your favorite TV show. Yes. I believe you challenged me to a, a Friends trivia competition. And Did this I? has happened, well- I don't I th- think I did. It got shut down fairly quick because because I sucked. Because Andrea because Andrea did the same thing, and then people actually did this. They pulled up. They pulled up friends trivia things, Funny. and I blew her out of the water. And she was just like, "Okay, never mind." And I think I think that I would I think have. You got been... scared off. It also might have been one of those moments where Jer was just messing with me because you do that with me I sometimes, where that's you just true. see if you can push my buttons, which do is do also one of my favorite things. <laughs> um, yeah, it's that's a two way street in that department. <laughs> I love it. Like Kiki saying that she's gonna tell everybody that the meeting's a half hour earlier, so everybody yes, can start a meeting, yes. and then I show up late because I hate Josh being late. each other. Yes. Um, I think that's hilarious. That's uh, anytime you can exploit somebody's. Uh, <laughs> somebody's like tendencies or uh quirks or whatever if you you can exploit it to make your yourself laugh or other people laugh i'm all for it (laughs) because i love laughing i love it when people can laugh even if it's at my expense um so you mentioned uh, did you say george mcdonald's your favorite author Ooh, favorite author lately has been dallas willard but probably c.s lewis would lock lock down that okay cool uh what about what's the last book you read 
Oh, I'm in the process of trying to finish Spirit of the Disciplines by Dallas Willard um, for whatever reason. It's so meaty, so it, I, I actually am not ashamed at all of the fact that I'm going quite slowly, but oh, okay. that's what I'm in right now still. So I did a Zoom class kind of on that book a little bit, so I still haven't finished it. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you could have one conversation with um, anyone from the Bible, and don't give the uh, obvious answer of Jesus, Right. Uh, anyone from the Bible, who would it be? Solomon. Oh, interesting. Solomon. Yeah, I think I would want to talk. So to far, Solomon. everybody's been like Moses, Paul. You know, like really? the, kind of the obvious. Not, I won't say obvious, but like ob- Moses would be a fascinating conversation just because of <laughs> what he went through. So Solomon was not one I was expecting. Yeah. That's cool. Why? Uh, well, I love. I was. I was considering whether I wanted to say Solomon or David, but I think I would like to. David was my original answer. Oh man! So I think David, one of my all-time David and John, uh, my fa- two favorite, probably in terms of like, whoa, you guys are incredible. But I would have liked to have the opportunity to ask Solomon about David and yeah, share oh, it from okay. from Solomon's perspective. And then I really love. I've always been really drawn to the story where, um. Solomon is he asks for wisdom and everybody says it that way that Solomon asked for wisdom but if you read it closely what happened is really that he kind of asked God what should I ask for and God said wisdom you know and like oh, so it's, okay. it's kind of an interesting like um just the fact that he had the uh the I think it's pretty genius but to God be like I'll give you pretty much anything you ask for and he'd be like well what should I ask for you know like they, I think that's really cool to know what yeah that so is, I'd like to interact really with the cool. person who that was their default like that yeah. was his gut reaction is like well what give me advice what would you, you would ask for best. if you were me yeah exactly yeah because i don't think i would have thought to to do that if god was like what would you like I'll, I'll do you know not like a genie thing but like i'm i'm willing to give you anything that you ask for i i don't know that i would have been like well what what will you have me ask for <laughs> so what about if you could have a conversation let's go non-biblical uh character <laughs> character person um it could be historical it could be somebody current um, um it doesn't have to be somebody uh currently alive either it could be just anybody I think I would choose Tom Hanks. I oh my goodness. love Tom Hanks. <laughs> Again, not what I was expecting from Geraldine. <laughs> I was like, I was philosophy. I'm like, what, no, Aristotle? No, 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 no. Tom something Hanks. like that. Where it's just be, <laughs> Tom Hanks, why in the world? Not, I mean, great. He's cool. But why in the world, Tom Hanks? Uh, he... Uh, so he, Tom Hanks reminds me an awful lot of my dad. And my oh. dad doesn't look very much like Tom Hanks. Like they have similar body frame, but doesn't, you wouldn't think that he looks like Tom Hanks, but thanks. But lots of people have told my dad, Hey, I know this is really weird, but like you, you remind, remind me a of lot Tom of Hanks. Tom Hanks. And so my dad, I, Tom Hanks is like America's dad. So I'm like, I like, this is how awesome my dad is. That's, people tell him he's like Tom like Hanks. What it is, huh? That's funny. <laughs> but I would love, I would love my dad to be there when I talk to him, but I, well, that's I, not part of the rules. I know. Right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing, I changed the rules. Garrett. Uh, okay. You can change the rules. That's fine. But yeah, he, I think that his skill, and, uh, it's kind of one of those asymmetric things where I talk about how like people get to see my heart, but I don't always get to see theirs. I yeah, feel like yeah, I've yeah. seen so much of Tom Hanks' heart, so maybe I would just make him listen to me the whole time. I would just want to hear him talk. He's got (laughs) such an interesting voice. Uh, That's cool. Uh, Favorite food? Eggs. Benedict. Nice. Okay. Mm. Uh, Vacation spot, which or either favorite vacation spot or a dream vacation spot. Uh, It would be 50-50 tie between Brazil and Italy. Both that you have been to that you would go back. Okay. What about somewhere you've never been that you would go to? Um, man, there's a lot. I I would really like to go, you know, either um, China, Japan. Um, I just have never been past Europe, so I'd like to, I'd like to go out there. Also, Dubai. My sister got to live in Dubai for like two years, and that I'm jealous of that. So I'd love to get to go see. Dubai is kind of a fascinating place, isn't it? It's, yeah. yeah, and I then mean, I in India. It, I mean, like, yeah. I want to see the whole world. So I, I haven't seen those things yet. Yeah. I've always been really fascinated. The two places I always say is Egypt and Australia oh, because yeah, Egypt, yeah. I've always been fascinated with with sure. Egyptology and just things that have to do with it. But then Australia, I'm like, until I see like all these posts about the spiders and the bugs and things that happen in Australia, know, I'm right? like, maybe I don't want to do that. Spiders that eat birds. Um, just what? Yep. Google it later. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. That'll give me nightmares. That's got 2020 written all over it. Uh, dream car. Oh, my Hyundai Tiburon that I had to give away. Not had to. I traded it in for the stupid car I have right oh, now. It's a man. hamster wheel. It's a hamster wheel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm blessed with a phenomenal car that runs and it's reliable and blah, 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 blah. But I had, <laughs> to, 
I had to trade in my baby that I love. So if I could have any car, I'd take that back. I think the, um, yeah, I'm, I had a, my first truck was the, I would love to still have that truck just because I loved it. It got stolen (gasps) and torched. No, that's terrible. When I was in high school. Yes. Bad. Stolen and torched. I loved that. Yeah. Just took it for joyride and then lit it up. You know what though? Um, I had my Bible in the front seat. And so uh, I would love someday to hear some story about, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you know, somebody who was uh, in, in prison and remembered the Bible that in right? the car that they had stolen and torched. I'm hoping that one day that, <laughs> that becomes a story and I hear about it and go, that was me. Oh, my that was my Lord. Bible. Um, okay. And then uh, I'm going to, two last questions. I'll say okay. them both. But um, so what do you, what do you love to do on your day off? And then mm. a bucket list item of something that you'd want to do. Um, in your life, like skydiving, you know, something like that. Ooh, I, so uh, on my day off, I take naps, plural. Plural naps. That's my favorite activity. That's on a my good day band off. name. Plural, plural naps. The plural the naps. Plural naps. That was one of my favorite bonding mom- moments with uh, Connor. He said, "I said, what you did like you do naps. today?" And he was like, "I took naps." And I was like, "Plural, impressive. I love that. I can get on board." Yeah, um, that's great. And then my bucket list. You guys there, like a couple of cats. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I have a dream hotel. I really love luxury hotels. Not in that I've stayed in tons of them, but I love Googling them and reading all the like travel trip advisor reviews of them and Yelp reviews and stuff. When you say luxury, do you mean like luxury in a unique way? Or luxury uh, is just like, it's just luxury. I like reading about hotels where the person who made it, it's like their, this is like their life culmination. Okay. So like the art of a not luxury like hotel. a chain of hotels. No, 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 no. Yeah, chains not out the door. Okay. Don't like chains. Well, cool. I mean like not, it's just not like what I'm especially going to read Yelp reviews about. But there is a hotel in Amsterdam called Hotel 27, which by Eric Torin, it's like his life culmination. And I would love to stay there someday, but uh, we'll have to see. <laughs> One of the things that I love doing about these is that I learn a lot about you that I didn't already know. And like I said, I spend a lot of time with you, but there's things like that that I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I honestly <laughs> know don't know that I ever would have known that. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, it's I don't not know something you really volunteer. Right. Yeah. So that's why I ask them those questions. And just like you saying, you talk with Solomon. Um, Tom Hanks, <laughs> Solomon and Tom Hanks, uh, great answers there. So, okay, Jared, well, thanks for doing this. I always appreciate when people do the one-on-ones. Thank I have a better you. idea now what your theme song will be. Um, hey. and, uh, I, you know what? It's going to be really hard not to do something hip hop because of your Eminem, uh, song <laughs> answer. Do uh, Mockingbird, your, make mock, that, that was but, the song. <laughs> oh yeah. And so if anybody wants to know how that went, just come up to Gerilyn on Sundays between services and say, can you sing <laughs> or rap whatever yes. your answering machine, uh, outgoing message it. was. I will do it as a, as um, a thank you for listening to the, this will give <laughs> my us a good, interview podcast. A good gauge of how many people listen to this. Now you've got, <laughs> so, so as of right now, Garrett Ward holds the, uh, He's got the most listens. Interesting. The, which does not surprise anybody. Of course. Um, because He's everybody loves Garrett Ward. But, Absolutely. Um, yeah. So uh, we'll see exactly if you beat. But seriously, I would love it if you guys came up to Gerilyn and asked her to, to <laughs> sing this song. Because I haven't heard it yet, but I'm going to make her share it with me after this. So, um, All right, Gerilyn. Well, thank you so much for, for being here. Thank and you, um, don't forget that the Spring Hills podcast has a lot of other things on here on this feed. So you can find out a lot of different information from the Spring Hills podcast. For example, right. Gerilyn and I right before this. We recorded one about being a small group leader. So um, there's lots of cool things on here. So if this is your first time listening, you can go back and listen to previous podcasts. There's one-on-one interviews with other staff members. Uh, There's different um, interviews with staff members about different ministries going on at church and different things like that. And also a bunch of sermon recaps that were the first things that we did here. And now we're doing um, sermon previews, which is kind of cool too. So Brett gives a little like eight minute hot take of like, here's what the sermon's going to be like. So. Anyways, thanks for listening to the Spring Hills podcast. Check out uh, springhills.org for more information on the content that we have online. There's a lot of it. And then, of course, download the free Spring Hills app. And we will see you this weekend for Church on the Lawn.